Yo fam, welcome to Let's Go with Nick Pags. This series is intended to empower you to break through your self-limiting beliefs and step into your personal power. You're the only one in your way, so if you're ready to step up and out, this is your show. Let's go. What up fam, Nick Pags here, post-podcast with a very special guest today, and his name is Chris Pags. That's right, you heard it, my little bro is on the podcast today. I'm excited about today's episode because we're talking, for, for those of you who are entrepreneurs, for those of you who are just coming out of college or are in college, and actually for those of you who are just kind of stuck, which is what this podcast is all about, Chris gives some really awesome information. We have some great brotherly discussion that you get to jump in on. We talk about things like the feelings post-college, his mindset, was college worth it, the value of college, what's the most important thing he learned, the importance of networking, how does a kid at 22 get fired up? Really interesting topics here and and dive into some nice philosophical discussion. It was an exciting uh, one for me because it's my little bro and I'm proud of him and I'm excited to see what comes up for him. I think you can get a lot of value out of today's episode. So I want to thank you for committing to yourself today, for jumping in and and hearing what we have to say. Two young guys figuring out the world. Uh, It's really awesome stuff today. So I'm, I'm excited Enjoy it. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Thank you all for being a part of the Let's Go fam. Enjoy this episode. Let's Go fam! What up, everybody? Uh, welcome back to another episode of Let's Go. Oh, I didn't realize you were recording. We're recording oh, also, okay. like, video. A lot of these videos have not put up on YouTube yet, but they will be. Okay. We're going to be YouTube sensations. You heard it here first, folks. All right. So we are here today with... The second most special guest I've ever had, because Janny was on a podcast. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say yourself. <laughs> no. Oh, third, maybe. The, the most special guest behind uh, Chris, I mean, behind my mom, is Chris. That was a pretty lame introduction. I apologize. I'm a little sick right now. I still, you'll hear it in my voice. A little congested. Chris is not. Chris is just sleepy. We are currently sitting here in Spain, Madrid, Spain. Madrid, Spain. No big deal. Filming our podcast. Under a canopy by a pool. It's really phenomenal out right now. It's a beautiful day. Uh, We're making it work. We got my little recorder. This is something I really love to emphasize when I show people what's going on here. To start this podcast, I've used points on my credit card to buy this thing that I'm covering with a shirt so that there's like a cover so that the wind is not blowing. So we'll see how the sound goes. Um, there's also an aggressive amount of birds. Lots of birds, lots of background noise with my family, friends and music and everything. So we're going to make it work and no excuses. Get it done. If you want your voice heard, make, find a way to make it, make it happen. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, this is my brother, Chris Pax. Chris, how you doing, man? I'm good. Good, happy to be here. Thanks for bringing me into the studio. (laughs) Thanks for having me in the studio. We flew him all the way out to Madrid, Spain. So today's podcast is a special one because it's our first um, discussion about college, graduating college and all that. Chris just graduated Providence College in Rhode Island two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, over a week and a half, I guess. Snaps for Chris. Give myself some snaps for that. So that's super exciting. Um, he graduated. Well, tell us a little bit about, let's do like a, a two minute intro of like who you are, uh, what you graduated with. Like we know you went to PC. Give us like a little lowdown. Okay. 
All right, so Chris Pags, as you all know, um, I went to Providence College in Rhode Island. Um, I couldn't say anything better about the school. I love my four years there academically and, and socially. Um, when I was a freshman, I, I declared as a finance major, um, which I stuck with until graduation. Um, but I reached a point probably during my sophomore year where I realized I, I didn't want to take uh, you know, like a, a banking route or a portfolio management route. I, I wanted to do something more creative. Um, and I'm sure a lot of the people listening to this podcast probably know that I've, I've made a bunch of videos for Nick and, and for um, people in his circle as well. Um, so I started to get a lot more into film um, and digital media. So at the end of my sophomore year, I created my own minor called Marketing and Film, um, which uh, I've kind of tied together with my, my finance curriculum. Um, so graduating with a, a finance major and marketing and film minor, uh, which is now probably like the perfect combination for what I'm going to be doing post-grad for work, um, doing data analytics, uh, for the purpose of digital media, targeted ads and that kind of stuff. So I, I think I found a good way to combine those two together. So that's me. That's my schooling. There we go. Yeah. All right, thanks for being on the show. All right. <laughs> See you guys later. So um, one of the things I want to talk about, which I think was really cool, and kudos to you, is he created his own major. That minor. didn't exist. Minor, minor sorry. Minor. minor at the school. Yeah. Didn't exist. Why? Um, why? Because, so I've, I've always been into to filmmaking, but not, not the, the classic Hollywood film. Um, and, and in the, the film minor that they provided at my school, it was all tailored towards how a classic Hollywood film is made. Um, and that's not what I was interested in. And I don't want to be like a, a director on a, on a movie set one day. Um, I've loved creating content for other people. Um, and I've always loved doing it kind of all myself. So if you're a director for, for a, a feature film, something like that, you're not filming yourself. You're not writing yourself, you're not producing yourself, you're really your sole action is to direct where the camera goes and direct where these people are standing. I've always liked having, you know, full creative access to do what I want with what I want to film. So that's um, so cool to me because I think that right now what's happening in our world is a huge shift. Not I think it is happening. Social media is massive. So you can be creative director of an Instagram account and that can be a massive income for someone. Mm -hmm. So you can be a director and make it like a full pay time job. So the fact that there are schools that are still, that are not offering right now that level of creative access, like you said, to become a, like an Instagram director, if you want to call it, or social media. I mean, there's plenty of schools focusing on social media now, but what I find really interesting about Chris's situation and what I wanted to really jump into today with that was that there were two options presented. Either 
he does it the way the school has it, which is like you do the film minor and it's a movie theater film minor or you just don't do it like and you get creative on your own. And what Chris did was like not accept that we often look at things as like there's two there's two responses do it or not and Chris was like what about the third option of I'll make my own shit and and like I'll make it happen so and that that's a beautiful lesson for a lot of us in life in general but certainly in this situation even in against a school it's not like they were fighting him but the school gave him options and he chose option C which didn't exist before so a good question to ask yourself wherever you are in life is am I only looking at the options presented or am I creating something maybe that's beyond what we see right in front of us because a lot of times the stuff that we don't know we don't know that's where the answer lies or our results lie or our desires lie um is the i don't know that i don't know like he didn't even know that he wanted to do that and that that was possible until he went and asked and tried to make it happen so kudos to you i thought that was awesome right yeah and it, and a lot of it is is people shy away from doing that kind of stuff because it's it's the extra work that that goes into it. Um, it it was kind of crazy. I, I started. There's a whole application process, and regardless, it took from the end of my sophomore year until two weeks into my senior year to finally get approved. So for almost two years, I didn't know whether all of this work that I was doing, designing, designing a whole course, but it, it, something even cooler that happened out of creating my own major was that they're now designing a course, um, from an independent study that I did on the topic. So, so I thought that was cool. And that, that, that'll always be like one of my lasting effects on the school that I went to that, uh, that they're going to design a, a course after, um, something that I that I did, which which I think is is pretty cool. It's a thing that us Pags boys like to do: create a legacy. Yeah, that's our. That's yeah, our absolutely. Trend. We like that. But yeah, but getting back to just like the 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 creative side of, of social media and and that you can be like your own director. I've I've been a huge proponent of um, Instagram and YouTube, like taking over. TV one day. I think totally. like in our lifetime, you're going to see, I, I, I wanted to make a film once, which is still like one of my ideas that it's, it's the modern renaissance of just like creativity of all these people that we now have these platforms to post whatever we want. Um, and, and before the YouTube era and the Instagram era, if you really wanted your stuff to be heard, you would have to go through a, a production company and, and there's so many people that weren't heard for so many years because they never had a platform like we do now. Um, but yeah, I firmly believe that that in the years to come. Uh, it's a it's, wild gift. Like we yeah. literally, where people dreamed of being the Spielbergs and like finding a way to get their, their work seen. You have no excuse anymore. Now, will it be seen by the masses? I guess that depends on the masses. But is do you have a platform to put it out there? Absolutely. Do you have the money to build it? Again, up to you. How creative can you get with what you have? So, you know, Chris is blessed enough to have been able to afford, like, a nice camera. It's something out of control, but he's got a nice camera that he purchased himself. And 
right? Or was that a gift from yeah, like yeah? I mean, that's that's something that I've always told myself from when I first ever made a, a a video for you with my GoPro. I think doing like a cinder block workout in yeah. our. Um, pro back yeah and and i think you tossed me like 15 bucks for it and i was like i was <laughs> Let's like go i'm doing I this like, All right, i can make some money and then i and then i did i started making some money and i i said i'm gonna keep reinvesting in myself until i can get all of the equipment that i think will make me the absolute best i can and and ever since then i mean i've gone through you know like three dslr cameras now two drones stabilizers, lights, microphones, and it's all stuff that I've taken with money I've made from, you know, my craft as a, as a, you know, freelance filmmaker. And I've put it back into myself, reinvesting in yourself, which I think is an important thing post-grad. Whatever it is you want to pursue, having the confidence to invest in yourself um, because if you financially and time-wise, but primarily financially, if you're not going to invest in yourself, why should anybody else? Um, yeah, so. and also you're in the most prime spot to do that when you're at a place where there's like you don't have a family. That was a big one. There's a big bug on Chris's neck. Yeah. Flew away. Um, you don't have a family. You don't have necessarily anybody else to care for financially. Take that time to invest in yourself and try stuff. Um, I want to shift the conversation to like post-college, what are you feeling? What are your initial, when someone says like, oh, you've graduated, how are you feeling about that? Where are you at? What's the immediate feeling that comes up? Because one of the big topics that I would like to tap into, which we'll, I'll ask you next, is about the meaning of college and like, it, it, because it's becoming wildly, like less and less important, I think, to people. So mm-hmm. before we jump into that, how are you feeling post-college? Um, well, when people ask me, the first thing I want to say is like, shut up, I didn't graduate yet. I didn't graduate yet. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, you know, there's, I feel like it happens at most big turning points in your life. You get like this overwhelming, like flush of anxiety through your system. Like even thinking about graduating eighth grade, it's like, how am I going to do high school? Like there's, and then it happens and then you're like, oh shit. And then same thing, high school to, to college, um, and, you know, when I graduated college, I was blessed enough to be graduating with a job lined up, um, which kind of takes some of that fear of graduation away. Um, but but when I graduated, you know, you still had that anxiety. But, I mean, it really took me two days to say, oh, all right, like, we're fine. We're going to do this. And I was blessed enough to have a, a great friend group at school. Um and, and a group of, of people and teachers that I didn't really want to leave. Um, but now looking back, I just feel blessed because of how prepared I feel to, to and go because it happened and not like sad because it's gone. It's like right. happy because it happened. And that, that was one of the things that I remember experiencing when I left college was I did everything. Like I emptied the tank here. So if you're a college student, in more ways than one, <laughs> I was like done with the that lifestyle. But I remember just feeling like, like I, I did everything I could in all realms of my schooling experience. So if you're a college student listening to this, don't wait to create your own minor. Don't wait to go try out for a sports team. Don't wait to go join that club. Don't wait to go be part of a urban action community like get a part of the things 
that you, it's, it's the, maybe the only time in your life that you will have 100% freedom to try, 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 and fail without much repercussion. I mean, your grades are your repercussion. Stay on top of your grades and be able to do all those other things. It's awesome. I think it's really important. Um, yeah, and all those other things do is just, even if you don't like them, it, it lets you know you don't like them, and it just prepares you for things going forward right. in life. You know, like, And you'll hear this from every orientation leader, but join everything you can be a part of everything you can, clubs, sports. And then when you find stuff, go in on it. Like, yeah. do it. You know, like, really do it. Um, I think we both had that experience where uh, my stuff was theater. I also played on the school soccer team. Um, I also did a lot of community service. I was also very active in, like, the academic aspect of, like, what I was doing as a counseling major. So, and Chris is very similar. We could go through a huge list of the stuff that he did, but kind of boring for us to talk about all that but the truth is we both went 100 percent while we were there and that feels good just to know that you you went all in and that applies once you leave school too because then you can take on that next chapter like okay i can close this book and i wrote a book that's worth reading and now i'm ready to start a new one like it's a it's a goal it's a cool feeling um so i want to go to that second thing we're talking about with when it comes to college right now a very hot topic is like is college worth it now I don't think you certainly don't have the experience I'm I wouldn't even say I do at almost 27 years old to say like was college worth it where I am now my immediate feeling in my space is like college offered me like a wild amount of connections it offered me experience it offered me enjoyment it educated me up the wazoo. It created a huge community around me. So it was wildly important for me. And I also firmly believe that college is shifting to be less and less important. And more and more expensive. And more and more expensive. Um, or I should say, of less value. So what are your thoughts right now, now being like a new real-life person right out of college? What is it? Where's your head at with that? I mean, it, it's tough for me to speak... On, on the topic uh, but one thing I will say is I can't imagine m- my life or feeling as good about myself in regards to obviously education but where I am socially with people I I don't think I could possibly feel as good as I do now without have, having gone to school um, is it the education aspect? So what is it? This is a great question, actually. What's the most important thing you learned in college or you took away from college? I have, we have our father sitting in a pool about, <laughs> about 20 feet away from us. So I, think, I mean, I'm, but, I say be but honest. I would say it is probably split at least 50-50 between social aspects and school aspects of how I've benefited from college um, and maybe even leaning more towards social aspects because I think so much of going forward and having success in, in a career, yes, is you have to be intelligent in whatever field you want to study in. But looking at the person that I was my senior year of college, I, I was talkative and I can carry a conversation, but how much I've 
progressed as a person socially and how much I think that has helped me get a job and create new friends and create better connections with people. I think so much of that has stemmed from the, the social aspect of college. And I think that if you miss out on that, um, you could be missing out on a lot. That's why like, like I would never do like an online college. Like for me personally, I think so much of what I've gotten out of my education and I'm only a week and a half post-grad, but from what I feel like I've gotten is so much from the social aspect, just learning how to better communicate with people. And it, it comes from everything from parties to walking to classes to pe- with people to meetings with teachers, um, group projects, everything like that, I think has just helped me develop so much social skill. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that that goes back to like the idea of networking when you create a positive network and community around you, it's in real life, post-college, it's so important. And you can gain a huge one through college. Once you say you're a PC grad and you connect with another PC grad, that's a huge in. Um, it's just a huge connector. And certainly when you look at like what college offers, that's probably the most important thing is community and connection. There is education and now looking at so you say, like, I would never do an online course. I've, I'm looking at it now, what is it, uh, five years, six years post-college. Now I see it, and I'm like, I think if you are willing to find a positive community to be connected with so you have a social aspect of your life, you could do online courses, right. spend yeah, yeah, $2,000 a year instead of 70 a year, and find a way to create that community and social aspect. I think as the world shifts that way, there will be more access to community and um, networking opportunities outside Um, of college. I think that that's coming. I really do. So it's a really interesting, I mean, I'm not belittling what college is and does by any means. And I don't think that we could ever really be able to have a good uh, have good access to an argument either way because we did one. So, like, right. we didn't do the other. Right. And it's like most things in life. You didn't do both options fully. Um, and there's always, like, a scenario that says, whatever. You, you just you can't fight for an option that you haven't done yet. Or I find it hard to fight for having not gone to school because I did go to school. So I, I think it's very interesting. I just think that there's a lot of opportunity that does come from school, and we're blessed enough and to I, have that. Yeah, and I think especially with like the field that I want to go into digital media uh, on social media it, so much of it is networking and collaboration that I think that's probably the reason why that's sticking out to me as, as something that I've found most useful for my education at Providence um, and, and the credibility aspect so yes you can get a ton of information from YouTube yes you can get a ton of information from online courses but credibility is so important. So, number one, getting a job when people see, okay, I graduated from PC with this major and minor, that's important. Um, but credibility, even in like as an as the person being educated, as the student, how do I know that the education I'm getting is quality and it's and it's going to hold up in real life? Because there's a lot of bullshit on the internet. Mm-hmm. You could go searching forever and never find the right stuff to study. 
you also could go to school and do bullshit courses. Like, there were definitely courses that I took that I'm like, that was a waste of money. Not a lot of them, but I could have spent my money, I shouldn't say waste, I could have spent the money better elsewhere. And, um, and I always felt guilty about that and tried to do more in those types of classes so that I could get as much as I could out of it. But it, it, the credibility aspect, I think, is really important, and that's not cleared up yet. So if you're, like, skipping college to go do online stuff, number one, are you creating a course load for yourself? Like, how do you even create a course load for yourself? And number two, when you do create a course load for yourself, is all you're reading bullshit, or is it real access? So... I think there's solid arguments on either way. It's a really interesting conversation. It's good to hear from someone who's going through it right now. Um, we know you have a job. Congratulations. Thank you. Snaps for Chris. He has a job coming out of college. That's not, I mean, that's the other thing that comes up is like jobs are not guaranteed when you leave college now. And they used to be, I think, when our parents were going to school. Now it's not right. like that. So, Right. Degrees degrees have devalued, I think, absolutely. a lot. It's, they're just more accessible and I don't know, maybe that's not true either, but nonetheless, so you have a job. Are you willing to share with us what it is? Um, yeah, I don't think. Or the type of job? Yeah. So, so I, I said it briefly before, um, but I'll describe the service with the, with leaving out the name. Uh, it's, it's similar to like Postmates or Grubhub, um, and that it's a, an online-based delivery service. So, so what we do as a company um, is we sign with companies like like Walmart, Target, um, small businesses all around the country, and hire independently contracted drivers to uh, pick up and do same-day delivery. So, say you order groceries or a couch or a TV from Walmart. Um, it could be picked up and delivered within a couple hours to your door. So what I'm doing is it's, it's a very new company within uh, three years, um, and they're growing very fast. So what they need is as many drivers as possible throughout the country. So my job is to, and this is where kind of like the finance and digital media aspects tie into each other, where, where finance, I, I learned so much on Excel and how to sort data, um, which is what I'm doing at first. I'm going through the current contracted drivers that the company has. I'm researching all of their demographics and I'm organizing them. And then um, based on the location of the stores that we're going to sign I'm looking for similar demographics of drivers on social media in those areas that I can then create and target an ad that'll be for that specific group of people in that specific location. Thank you. So, so what I'm doing is for to get drivers, I'll be doing hundreds of different slightly different targeted ads for slightly different demographics of people in different areas throughout do you, the country. Um, do, do you want to do that like freelance work on the side, like supporting people with social media and all that on the side? Absolutely. Um, okay, so before you even go into it, just reach out to him if you want something like, if you're not understanding how to book ads, if you're not understanding how to create them, how to reach the certain clientele that you want, if you're using social media as a platform for your business, 
you're making a big boo-boo if you're not, and I'm guilty of this, and that's why I say it. If you're not reaching out to people who understand that stuff at a high level, you're missing out on a wild opportunity because your information is not getting to the right people. It's like going to, oof, I don't even know a good example, but like going to a, a, a vegan like group and saying, hey, you want to buy this meat? Like, they're not going to buy the right. meat. Yeah, so that's, it's going to the wrong people. It's one of the biggest mistakes of people trying, especially, like, small businesses and, and like, uh, entrepreneurs themselves trying to publicize themselves and promote themselves on Instagram. They see, like, the, oh, you can promote this post, so they'll pay $50 and think it's going to get out to... and. Instagram's brilliant for that because they make you believe that they're attacking right. the right people. For um, and you, with with a $5 ad targeted the correct way, you can get so much more retention um, by your viewers than uh, a $1,000 ad blasted to everyone. It's spending your money the right way. Yeah. It's spending your money the right way. And it, in, in business, that's everything where it's a lot of things. It's very important to know where your money is going and how you're using it. So we'll give you all Chris's uh, information to reach out to him, but like he is a, definitely a great resource, and being young and in the field, his rates are going to be awesome, I think, to support people in that because... A million dollars an hour. He's only a million dollars an hour, and you get to just be around him. <laughs> so... Um, so an interesting, like on this podcast, a lot of what we talk about is motivation, how to get fired up, what keeps us going. At 22 years old, I know what got me fired up and got me going. What is it that, we're sorry for the background noise, somebody's doing a lot of housework. Um, at 22 years old, what is it that gets you fired up? I mean, you again, a week and a half post-college and being in Spain, like you have not had a lot of time to figure out like what's going to get me up in the morning, how am I going to get to work, like that type of stuff. What is it, though, that does get you fired up when you think about the next few weeks and months of your life? What's getting you motivated? What's getting you fired up? Okay. Um, so I think one of, one of my big motivations is, um, is it, myself and, and Nick have both been blessed with um, having our, our educations paid by our, our parents, um, yeah. and which is one of the coolest, best things that that a college student could could come out of college with is is it's no unreal. college debt. Yeah, it's unreal. Um, and and looking at what, sorry to cut you off, but yeah, looking no. at like I just had I had a client that is in his mid sixties, and he just he's a doctor, and he just finished paying off his student loans last year 60 something years old so when you look at that I mean talk about like how lucky and privileged we are in that way to be able to walk out into the world with no extra baggage and just start and go and we never take that I never take that for granted and I haven't up until this point and it's been such a blessing so please don't ever think on like I'm on this show I think we talk a lot about um the position that you're in, getting to where you want to go. Recognize you're the position that you're in. A lot of the things that I say come from my position that I didn't have a lot of baggage to take care of. Now, it's not an excuse if you have student loans to not do anything with your life and like whine and moan, 
but just recognize your position. I have a lot of leeway to, to try things without repercussion right now in my life. Chris has that too, because we're not working to pay off a ton of student loans. It is by far, other than travel and just having a phenomenal family support system and friend support system, the best gift I've ever been given. In my life, without question. Yeah, right? and and I mean, it's hard for me you don't to even, even know contextualize. Yeah, yeah. you don't even. But know it, yet. even just seeing friends since since freshman year of college for me, right. I've been paying fifty dollars a month or twenty five dollars a month, um, and it's it's something that I hadn't had to worry about through scholarships and through um, and through our family. So, so what gets me fired up is one, I want to. I want to succeed financially, but just in in happiness in my career path to show my family thanks for the support um, financially and, and emotionally they've given me since the start of my schooling. So that's number one. Number two, my mom always called me Mr. Moneybags because I would... <laughs> so true. He's not kidding. I... I am the biggest saver of money I know. I hate spending money, and I would walk around the house looking for nickels and dimes since I was two years He's old. He's been nickeling and diamond since he was crawling. It's like, hey, hey, sometimes my, not in a good my way. Parents, my parents thought I was like selling drugs in, in seventh and eighth grade because I, I saw the market opportunity in my town. Everybody loved sneakers. They loved Jordans. They loved Nike SBs. So I would be texting one kid, hey, let me get these shoes, 100 bucks, while I'm texting the other kid that wanted the same pair, and I'd sell them for 150 in the same day. And I made, like, a couple thousand dollars my in my 7th and 8th grade years. It's just, like, I've always, I've always just had that goal of, like, wanting to save and make money. Um, it's that so, entrepreneurial spirit, seeing the shift and being ahead of the curve and being, like... Uh, clever enough I guess is the word to hop on the opportunity right. and and a lot of times people get scared to this is something I find really interesting with like entrepreneurial mindset and I, I struggle with that word right now because it's so like abused but in that entrepreneur mindset people like feel guilty for buying the hundred dollar pair of sneakers and selling them for 150 and what you're doing is you're being the middleman to a service you're offering someone something that they have not been able to find on their own, and you're the man who's going to offer it to them or the woman that's going to offer it to them. You get to be paid for your work. And if they can find it somewhere else cheaper, wonderful. But they're coming to you, and this is the price, and then they buy it. So it's like there's a moral aspect to entrepreneurship sometimes that I think people struggle with, and you get to recognize that what you're doing for a person is offering a service. Right. Yeah, and I, and I think that's part of it because I wouldn't say I'm like an entrepreneur by any means, but... I've I've created like my own small business when it comes to to film stuff. So so I think one of the hardest things for entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs is valuing yourself. You know, when you enter a, a corporate job and you're providing a service for somebody, that's that's something that's regimented and it's it's been a set price for however long, and they increase the price. But but when you're doing something yourself, because you don't want to. You don't want to undersell yourself, but at the same time, it's it's just trying to find a balance of how to price what you're doing, um, and and it's hard to judge that what you're doing just by yourself. But back to what gets me 
fired up. So happiness, and then you're a hungry, money hungry savage. Money hungry savage. I don't know if I like that description, but <laughs> um, but is Mister Moneybags as mom is is like what I'm getting into, or what I'd like to be getting into more in my career is is a very untouched, like very new. Um, career is is this this social media this online marketing and I'm so excited to see where it goes in the future because we've had what Instagram for maybe eight years now something like that but relatively it's still so young and I I want to be like a pioneer in in what takes digital media to the next level like what is next that's what I'm constantly searching for and I'm hungry to find out more so I I think post-grad whatever you decide to do make sure it's something you're invested in emotionally not just financially not just because you studied it in school but but pick a career path that you're eager to learn more about and you want to constantly be involved I mean the amount of hours I spend on YouTube and, and Google just researching things trying to prepare for for my job that I start in a few weeks just because I'm excited I want to be ahead of everybody else I want to be ahead of the learning curve when it comes to what I'm going to be going into so that fires me up that there's it's not a matured market if you want to call it in terms of you get to be a trailblazer yeah Yeah, and that's it's so true it rings true in my life for sure up until this point I am watching more motivational content than anybody I know. I am studying other speakers more than anybody I know. I studied the fitness game more than anybody I know. I'm around all the different boutique studios and just learning numbers and trends and all that. But I was waking up at 3.30 in the morning, 4 in the morning at the start of my career doing that for no pay. And because I had a dream of being the best fitness instructor in the world and like I was just committed to figuring that out no matter what it took um so what Chris is saying for me rings true is yes like pick something that is important to you and has value to you emotionally because on the days when you don't feel like doing it you'll find a way to feel like doing it you can go back and access that emotional hype that gets us up and gets us going so for me, I mean, I, like, I'll get up on a day. I mean, like two weeks ago, I was sick. I mean, two days ago, I'm sorry. I was so sick. And I woke up at like 6.30 in the morning and got some work done, unpaid work. I mean, hopefully it'll eventually become paid work. Um, did some unpaid work so then I can go to work, go do my paid stuff. But the only time I had was that time. So like, even when I'm not feeling good, it fires me up to go do it. So absolutely, I mean, I think that's huge is being able to find something that is your passion. Um, but I don't think passion always means like the work you should do. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think that. that's always the case. I think people are like, I'm really passionate about knitting. I'm like, well, maybe a knitting company isn't the best yeah, choice. And, and yeah, I guess, I guess you could say I'm passionate about social media, but that's not even what I would use. There's a lot more things I'm more passionate about. I think that's also a big thing is that do something you love, but make sure there's room for other things in your life so you don't get bored 
But even like I, I would say, and where I was going with it is like, do something. You're, we all have gifts. Everybody's got a gift. Not many people are willing, I think, to go deep into finding out what that gift is, because it takes a lot of searching, trial and error. I think for me, I was very blessed because I realized what my gift is early. I connect with people. I can motivate people. I'm an inspirer. So I don't think that's a word, but whatever. I like inspiration. I'm clearly not a a. Um, <laughs> I'm clearly not a uh, English major, but I, I definitely think that <laughs> that I have found a gift of mine, and I became passionate about my gift, and that's dynamic. Passion is cool, but like selling baseball cards for fifty cents a pop or ten dollars a pop is not going to change. I don't know. I didn't even want to say that. Lock into a gift and get passionate about your gift. That's a dynamic change. Um, Okay, so we hear what fires you up. One of the things that was ringing in my mind today, and I don't know, like I was talking about what Chris is doing to get fired up, and post-college, one of the things that comes up often is like how to stay away from bad habits right out of school because it's a space where for a lot of people, for the first time in their life, they're making money. For the first time in their life, they're getting recognized for what they're good at. For the first time in their life, they're on their own, separated from mommy and daddy. For the first time in their life, there's a lot of first times. And you're living alone. You're possibly financially independent. You're gaining notoriety in your space. A lot of what's happening because social media is so big, the younger people get more power in a space where the older generation has been working for years and years and years to get there. And like we walk in because we're so knowledgeable about the social media stuff and we take over. So certainly in a social media space, if you're going to work there, you have a lot of value to companies. So what is it that um, do you think is going to, because you can't speak for it, you haven't done it yet, mm-hmm. but what is it that's going to keep you on track from creating bad habits and like getting out of your own head, if that makes sense? Okay. So I, uh, I'm actually just started a book called The Power of Habit. Um, oh, that's ironic. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I, I mean, I'm only 35 pages in, um, but I think, I think post-grad two important things are habits and goals, two important things to have. Um, have a cool stat that I read was 40% of the actions you do every day that you think are conscious decisions that you're making are actually just decisions by habit things that you really are on automatic you aren't uh, like consciously controlling you you think you are but you're really not whether it's waking up and then having a glass of water to a text you sent it anything like that so so I think being conscious of your habits post-graduation like looking back into my past four years what were my best habits and what were my worst habits um there's a lot of bad habits that a co- uh, that a college student picks up from procrastination to drinking to whatever, it, and it's identifying the good ones and the bad ones, um, separating. I wouldn't them. even say good or bad. The ones that serve you and the ones that don't. Right, right. Um, but then tying that together with goals. So, a cool gift I got for graduation uh, from my best friend, which is, which is cool that another 22-year-old is, is getting a gift like that for another 22-year-old was it's uh, 
the 100 day goal challenge. Um, so you set up, you have whatever your major goal is, which I'm still trying to figure out in a hundred days, what do I want my major goal to be? But it goes day by day and you have these just minute, small goals each day that'll bring you to this goal in a hundred days. Um, and I think that's just a really smart thing to do for anyone. You're trying to lose 10 pounds in a hundred days your goal for the first day is to eat clean and go for a run or, you know, and, and setting these small goals. And I think that combined with being conscious of your, your helpful habits, combining your goals with your good habits, I think is the key to being successful in whatever you want to be post-grad. So if I'm looking back on what, uh, and then we're going to finish up, um, what I'm, where I'm at right now in my life and where you're at, which is not that far away, if they're the most valuable thing that you have right now is time. And it's always that way. Like, it's the most valuable thing any of us own. Um, and it's not promised. So the thing that keeps ringing in my head that I'm getting from what you're saying, the fact that you get to start fresh, like that chapter is over and now you're starting anew and it's your life and it's like a blank slate in a lot of ways. The best way to make sure that you're not creating bad, bad habits is to not start them. It's something that our mom always told us growing up and dad actually. Um, because, it, so I'll say it this way, never start a bad habit, you never have to stop it. And she, both my parents said that a lot about like alcohol and drug abuse and all that. Never start drinking to an aggressive level and you never have to learn how to not be an alcoholic, mm. like that type of thing. The same thing goes with habits at work. The same thing goes with habits in your daily routine. What if you started day one or day five or day 10 right out of school every single morning you woke up and did 100 pushups, 100 sit-ups and like ran a mile? What if that became your norm? And I was thinking about this morning as I was journaling. I did a couple sprints this morning, and I was, like, dying. I did 20, like, very, probably 40-yard sprints on a, a hill, and I was struggling. And I said to myself, I remember when I was in high school, and my team, for our warm-up, we would run uh, two miles in under 12 minutes. It had to be mm -hmm. under 12 minutes, and that was our warm-up. JBS. JBS, man. Shout out. It was crazy. And then, like, the stuff we did in college for our soccer team and, like, training for that. Had I, like, I left school and I was like, oh, God, I'm excited to be done with, like, that level of training. But now I miss the body I had at that time, the endurance I had, the ability to, like, run like an animal like that. And now it's a challenge for me to get back to that position. I'm not saying it's impossible. I absolutely can come from an adversity space and build. And I could have done myself a huge favor by never having gone there. So... Don't start any bad habits. You won't have to break them. So to all college students hearing this, I would invite you to think about choices that you're making right now really intentionally. And I guess I'm talking to you too. Like start this process of your life. What am I doing today? And is it serving me? And if it's not, get rid of it before it starts to become something that's a part of you. So if you're drinking five nights a week and partying, cool, like you just left college and like I just want to have fun with my friends. And if you do that for three weeks, my guess is the fourth week you're probably going to keep doing that and it will become a trend. And I see a lot of my friends still doing it at 27. 
still doing that lifestyle because they never got out of it from college. Mm. So the biggest gift you have is a blank slate. So if you're listening to this and you're 40 and you're 30 and you're 20 years old, wherever you are in life, you get an opportunity to just say, I choose to have a blank slate in this area of my life today. You do have that option. You may have made a lot of stories about why you don't, but in a lot of ways you do. So if you are struggling with an intention or trying to create what you want, my action for you today that I invite you to is like, just start with a blank slate. If you haven't been exercising for 10 friggin' years, start tomorrow, go for a walk and make that a habit And now like, okay, you've broken through it. And then once you start to create that habit, don't stop it. Because then you never have to find a way to restart. Just like you never have to find a way to break a habit when you, you know what I mean? Um, Yeah, but, and also what I think you, what you didn't mention is the people that do already have bad habits. And, and even just from reading this book, it's the way your brain works is, if you have a habit that you don't like that's not serving you, replace it with a helpful habit whenever you were thinking about doing that other thing. And in no time, your brain just replaces that habit and it becomes the same thing in your brain. But if you are a late good. night eater, like if you wake up and you go straight, not wake up, if like before you're going to bed, this is a thing that I do. Because I don't want to go to bed because my mind's going so fast, I start munching on shit. So I start eating things. And this is a true story. What I started to do for a while was every time I went to go eat after 9 p.m. It wasn't even a time. It was like when I was going to bed. You know what I mean? I would do um, 20 push-ups instead. So like exactly what Chris is saying, and it comes from this book, I guess, which I haven't read yet. And my dad gave that to me as a gift when I graduated or no, I got it for Christmas last year. I haven't read it yet, and I'm looking forward to it. But it's something I do already. If there's something that isn't serving me, I replace it with another action. Because what happens is if you say, and I guarantee some of you are like, yeah, that's so true. If you are like, I'm a late night eater, and every time I sit and watch TV, I need Cheetos. If you do that on a regular basis, it's probably because when you sit there and say, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to do that, you're coming from a space of scarcity. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I can't, I don't want to. But what if you come from a place of abundance? I'm going to add push-ups in every time I want to eat Cheetos. For some of us, you'll avoid Cheetos at all costs because <laughs> you don't want to do push-ups. But for a lot of us, it will be like, oh, great. Not only am I stopping a bad habit, I'm creating a good one. And there is action taking place of the action that was not serving you. That is a much more effective way to get rid of something. So if, I, if people are like, how do I you know, start an exercise or how do I get rid of like going out three nights a week, I'm like, go to the gym on a Friday night. See what happens then. Now you're replacing it. So I don't want to dive too much into it, but I think that that's really powerful and a great suggestion by Chris to like get started um, in your, your new phase of life. Start with a blank slate. Replace old bad habits with good new ones. And keep it simple, stupid. Don't go too far into it. Like, stupid. Yeah, the KISS method. Keep it simple. Um, so we can find you on Instagram at Chris.Pags, right? C-H-R-I-S dot P-A-G-S. Um, anywhere else that people can find you? LinkedIn? Yeah, LinkedIn, Chris Paganelli. It's weird. I feel it's like... Our no, re- it's our real last name, by yeah, the way. believe it or not. <laughs> um, yeah, then then from my Instagram, you, you could find my other accounts, my YouTube and, and whatnot. But yeah, reach out if anybody's looking for 
Basic uh, services, right? Yeah. To like build your Instagram profile, your business, your Facebook. Con- yeah, content itself if you need, I do. But but then consulting on, on how to target ads, how to start to grow your Instagram page. Um, and it's simpler than you, than you may think. Mm-hmm. So like a quick consulting session with somebody who's a professional can be, really support you. So don't feel like you're lost on it. Um, how we finish this show is we kind of give our what your thing is to get people fired up as they leave. So when they when they turn this off, you know, they're going into work or whatever, we went longer than we're supposed to today. But it's because it was great content. So how do you leave our viewers, our listeners, fired up, feeling like, let's go, I want to take on the world. What do you got for us? All right. Okay. <laughs> I know, I put people on the spot. It's very interesting. I love to see people's reaction to this because I they don't know. Like, he, he doesn't even know. And he's listened to most of the podcasts. He, he forgot about this one, right. I'm sure. Yeah, so so I think you need to realize where you're at in your life um, and, and the blessings that you have, whether it's a little or a lot. Take that and go forward and do something good with it. Find something that you love to do and, and put your all in it. Take your good habits, set goals, and and just strive for greatness um and because with not not to add on like a sad note but but uh recently like um a friend of mine same age 22 years old he passed away yesterday and uh and that hit me so hard and it just makes me want to do everything I want to do better and as fast as I can um because you know you never know and and it gives me motivation to do the best I can with my life going forward. So get it done. Get it done. Let's go. Thanks, bro. Love you. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you all on the next episode of Let's Go. I forgot that there were videotaping over there. Yo, fam. I want to acknowledge you today for taking leaps and bounds towards a more epic life. Your support and attention is so greatly appreciated, and I never take it for granted. Thank you so much for listening. I would love if you would continue to be a part of the Nick Pags Fit fam. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and I'll see y'all on the next episode.